It's time for more facts about the vax. The pandemic of the unvaccinated. Let's talk about it on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello everyone, Dr. Johnny here, and this is another episode of Pushback. This is another installment of Facts About the Vax. There have been some new developments in the world regarding the COVID-19 virus and the vaccine, and I just want to Bring it back around again because I haven't talked about it for a little while to give you updates. I want to thank all of you for your feedback. I've I've gotten such wonderful feedback uh, as I've been digging in and diving into some of these deeper cultural issues. And what has really pleased my heart is some of the cross-pollination that's taken place and people who have been giving me information about people to contact and people with a uh, like-minded heart and and, uh, things that we have been uh, pursuing and talking talking about because that's what this is about is to begin conversation and whatever part I can do uh, I am delighted to play a role in that and so we'll see what the Lord's going to do with all that and different connections that need to take place uh, in restoring our culture Uh, once we care about it once we care for something and we see the importance of it then we will seek restoration and that's why we're here on this earth so thank you for that Uh, As I dig back into vaccination, I I want to make this abundantly clear right from the very beginning that I do not support mandatory vaccinations. I want to be very clear and say it over and over again that I don't support that. I do support, however, informed decisions. And I believe that as a physician, as a minister, as a a family minister, um, and as a dad, I can give you my insight uh, and my understanding and my information so that you and your family can make the most important informed decision. So I do support, however, businesses, schools, colleges mandating vaccines. They have every right to do that to try to help keep their population safe. I do not support mandatory vaccination across the board. And I also want to be clear that I I support small government, and I know that vaccination rollouts and the politicizing of this issue has been immense. Anything but small government. (laughs) I appreciate that. I do support small government. Um, But this was an unprecedented case uh, that required uh, a national uh, rollout and a national movement. I'm a Christian And I am aware that there can be nefarious actors at play. I'm aware. I'm not being naive. Um, And we do need to have our guard and our antenna up at all times because it's important that we understand even the enemy and what he may want to bring against us. So I'm not being naive. I'm not burying my head in the sand uh, against some of those kind of things. Um, For instance, our governor here in Minnesota, I believe, and I I will say this, has overreached when it comes to COVID. Now, to his defense, this has never been done before, and this has been new and unprecedented, but he gave a template at the very beginning of this COVID crisis that was spot on. 
that he listened to his scientists, listened to the physicians, and he realized that the real issue for a, a, a pending surge is to have enough ICU beds and ventilators available so that the unthinkable didn't happen like happened in Italy where people were just simply turned away because the resources weren't there to care for them. And so the governor shut things down and he implemented uh, this policy to try to to upregulate the number of beds and ventilators that we could have in the state uh, and did a very admirable job. And that, in fact, in a very short time, uh, we had that capability. In fact, at one point, we had more available hospital beds and ventilators in the state of New York. And so we were equipped uh, and we were ready, uh, at which point the shutdown and the, the, um, the hand of government should have then released the population to make its own choices. And that didn't happen. In fact, Minnesota remained one of the most shutdown states, despite his initial template uh, of all the states. And so I can have my antenna up and I can look at those things and comment on them and, and see that government, and sometimes, if I can be so bold, democratic governments like to have big government and like to have that control, and we need to have our, our antenna up and our, our radar there so when those things do happen, we can call it out. But I believe in this regard and in this instance, uh, we can be balanced, and we can listen to reason, and we can listen to data, and we can listen to facts. And I know that sometimes the, the Christian argument, and I've heard this, believe me, is that God is fully able, and, and, I, and I believe that. I'm a believer. I believe in his power. I believe in his power to heal and to protect and to save. But I believe that this is what I believe. I believe that he's given us the blessing of this vaccine. And it was created by brilliant minds that he created. You're familiar with the joke of the person who's caught in the flood and climbs up on his roof. And a boat comes by to rescue him. And he says, no, I don't need to be rescued. God will provide and the life, the Coast Guard comes by and tries to rescue him. And he says, no, I don't need rescue and God will provide. And a helicopter comes down and says, we're here to rescue you. And he says, no, I don't need rescuing. God will provide. <laughs> and of course, the flood overtakes him and he dies and he goes to heaven. And he goes to God and said, God, why, why didn't you provide? Why didn't you save me? And he said, I sent you two boats and a helicopter. This is a, a poignant story about how God does intervene even on human behalf in, uh, in humans on humans behalf in a human way. And that's okay. Sometimes it is supernatural and it's all powerful and I believe in that and I call for that and I pray for that for you and your family, supernatural protection and healing that COVID would have no place in this world. But I also know that he gives us resources here on this earth. And I believe wholeheartedly that the vaccine is one of those. And we have to keep in mind that the vaccine was championed and created and pushed forward by a conservative president. And I really believe this, that I believe President Donald Trump, when history looks back on this pandemic, will go down in history as saving millions and millions of lives. 
What he did and the speed in which he organized it not only saved American lives, but saved lives of humanity across the globe. And I really believe that he deserves credit. I believe the current administration has done a good job rolling this out and activating the vaccine as fast as they possibly can. But let's be clear, Operation Warp Speed was created by the Trump administration. And I believe that the degree of effectiveness and the degree of which things have changed since the vaccine has come out is testimony to what he did for our nation and for the world. And I hope, despite <laughs> the, the uh, ability of the media to transform the truth, <laughs> I said that very nicely, didn't I? <laughs> despite their ability to transform the truth, I believe that Donald Trump will be seen as one who was a champion of humanity. Now, I have been floored and sometimes bewildered, to be honest with you, by the divisiveness that this vaccine has created in the Christian environment. I have the privilege of being friends with many pastors and rub elbows with them, and, and I have interviewed them very informally and probably without them knowing about their experience in dealing with COVID at their church. And I am telling you to a person, it has been painful. It has been hard. And not only just the virus and perhaps losing some congregants or, or, or people that they've known or loved, but just the divisiveness and the anger and the misunderstanding that has taken place in their churches and between their church members. It's, it's overwhelming and very saddening. And I believe that we need to be able to talk about this. And so I want you to know, my listeners, I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm not disappointed. I I just want people to be informed and to know what is happening in this world from somebody I hope you can trust because I am fully in the kingdom and connected to heaven as a Christian man, but I'm also a physician trained in understanding in the science that is, that is behind and what's driving not only the virus, but the vaccine to treat the virus. So clearly there have been four groups of people uh, that have sort of developed in response to vaccination. And the first one is those who will get the vaccine as soon as possible. They see it as an answer. They see it as, as a, a solution. And uh, as soon as the vaccine is available, they were in line with their name on the charter to get the vaccine as soon as possible. There was a group of people who probably didn't really want to get it um, was a little uncertain, but saw the severity of the problem, um, saw the importance of the problem in regards to their own lives and the loved ones around them. And so they went ahead and got the vaccine. And then there is the group of people that I would say were, are truly on the fence. And even at the time of listening to this podcast, you might still be adopting the quote, wait and see, end quote, uh, mentality. And as, as I've said on previous podcast that I respect that position. And I am speaking to you today with this podcast. Now that we've had the um, vaccine now rolled out for six to seven months to give you some data on how it's doing and, and what its efficacy is. 
then I do believe there's a group of people that will not get the vaccine no matter what I or anybody else says. And I respect that decision as well. I don't agree with it, but I respect it. So let's talk about what has been happening in this world uh, over the last six to seven months since these vaccines have rolled out. Well, there have been, this is kind of a staggering number, 3.4 billion doses given worldwide. That's a lot of vaccine. In the United States, 338 million doses have been given. And I'm doing this podcast shortly before I release it. So these are pretty up-to-date numbers. And in the United States, 50%, we are almost exactly at the mark of 50% have been fully vaccinated. That means the two-dose vaccine uh, or the vaccines that would just require one dose. So the way I look at this is that there's half of Americans that still could be convinced. And I think this is important because, as I've mentioned on prior podcasts, there is something called herd immunity. I'm sure many are familiar with this term now uh, in light of a viral pandemic. But most studies would agree that you would need somewhere between 70 to 75% of the population vaccinated before we would achieve herd immunity. Now, we're already seeing an incredible benefit from the initial vaccination, but for the remainder of the population to be protected, we would probably need 70 to 75%. So that means that, you know, roughly doing the math, we're only about two thirds of the way there. And so the half of Americans still needing to be convinced, I ask you to listen to this podcast. I ask you to share this podcast with those so that we can have a informed discussion. I like to talk about my home state of Minnesota because it gives us a little bit of a snapshot state by state. Uh, Minnesota is a little bit ahead of other states in regards to vaccinations. We're almost 55% fully vaccinated. But the part that makes me really happy and encouraged is that the over the 65-year-old population, 92% of Minnesotans have been fully vaccinated. That's a very encouraging number to me because remember, the average age of death, especially in Minnesota, but I believe this is nationwide as well, is about 84. So the elderly are the ones who are are distinctly susceptible to this virus. And so for over the age of 65, 92% are fully vaccinated in Minnesota. That's amazing. And what we should expect to see is the death rates plummet and fall dramatically. And that is exactly what we've seen. Our Our percent positive COVID tests in Minnesota is down to 1.2%. So if you're a Minnesotan listening to this podcast, that is very encouraging news. Uh, Just for comparison's sake, last November and December, right before this vaccine was rolled out, uh, we were right around 40 or somewhat over 40% positive. So we are down to 1.2% positive. I believe in my county, Todd County, uh, we were down to about 0.4% positive. And as an ER physician, I actually haven't seen a positive COVID test now for quite some time and several weeks. And so that's all very, very encouraging. What do we attribute that to? It's the vaccine. It's 100% attributable to the vaccine. So what about this vaccine? As you've heard about the high numbers of efficacy, when this vaccine was was, uh, trialed, uh, it was found to be 95% efficacy. 
Now, the word efficacy is different than the word effective. When we talk about efficacy, it's actually a, a term that's used under controlled conditions. So it's a laboratory finding. Uh, but for most vaccines to get approved, they usually like 50% efficacy to get approved. This one is 95% efficacy. That's amazing. So when you remove the control conditions and you give it to the general population, what have we found over the last six to seven months is that it's 90% effective. When we say effective, that means actually in real world time, how is this vaccine working? And what that means is if you have 100 people uh, and you give 100 people uh, the vaccine, that 90 of them will have a substantially lower risk of getting COVID than the 100 who were not vaccinated. It is highly effective. We've been finding, I talked about vari variants, and you can go to my previous podcast entitled Various Variants to find out more about what's been going, what's been going on there, but I do have an update in that regard as well. But the alpha and beta variants, which were the first two that had come out, this has been equally effective, 90% against the alpha and beta variants. So that's tremendous. But in the news, you may have noticed that there's something called a Delta variant. It came out of India. It's highly contagious. Uh, and it's been really kind of dominating most of the positive cases uh, throughout the world. It's been driving up cases fairly dramatically. And in fact, most some people are saying that we are just at the very beginning. And if you look at the curves, it will show this of a fourth surge uh, dealing with this Delta uh, variant. Now, you'll see headlines and you need to be very wary of headlines because, <coughs> excuse me, because uh, remember fear sells. And so there is going to be headlines such as this, concern that the vaccine not as effective for the Delta variant. Well, we have to be very clear. Let me give you the actual numbers that the data showing the effectiveness of this current vaccine for the Delta virus is 88%. So that's 90% versus 88%. And then the press says something like, not as effective for the Delta variant. Well, that I guess is true, but it's a 2% variation. And that's probably in the range of error of the study itself. So in summary, highly effective against the Delta variant highly effective. So I mentioned the fourth surge, but here's the deal with the fourth surge is that it is happening only among the unvaccinated. And that's what we would predict to see. In fact, scientists are calling this now the pandemic of the unvaccinated because the vaccinated, because it's so highly effective are virtually, it's virtually impenetrable for the virus to affect them. So this fourth surge, now that we're seeing cases rise throughout the world, this is all in response to the Delta variant and those who are unvaccinated. It's wild when you look at the maps online and really study the data. You, you look at the United States, for instance, and you can go to Alabama or Louisiana, and they are, are one of the lower vaccinated states, right around 42% vaccinated. And when you look at their new surge, the new cases that are rising in there, 98% of new cases and hospitalizations are all among unvaccinated people. 98%. 
It's the pandemic of the unvaccinated. And honestly, that's what we would expect to see. The vaccinated breakthrough cases, those of us who have been vaccinated and getting breakthrough cases of COVID or even the Delta variant, is at 0.01%. Virtually impossible. And so when you look at the maps on the, on the internet, the spikes uh, that's happening right now are inversely proportional to the vaccination rates, meaning that those who have been less vaccinated are getting a higher spike, which is exactly what we'd expect to see. These maps are very illustrative. Let me read a quote to you. It says, we only have two choices. We are either going to get vaccinated and end the pandemic or we are going to accept death, a lot of it, this surge and another surge and possibly another variant. This was said by an infectious disease specialist, Dr. Catherine O'Neill, during a state COVID-19 press briefing on Friday. We have two choices. Now, I don't want to be a fear monger, just like the press is, but these are facts and I want you to make an informed decision. This vaccine is highly effective highly effective. And these surges, unfortunately, will continue as long as 50% of the population is unvaccinated. It just makes perfect sense. How safe has it been? There has been no traceable deaths to the directly to the vaccine. We always have to be careful in ferreting out information. We see all the time headlines, you know, man dies six hours after getting the vaccine. Well, we have no idea whether it was the vaccine or the milk that he drank or, or something that fell on top of his head. We have no clue or unless we dig into the actual what happened that we can prove direct connection. There have been perhaps three deaths from blood clots with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, but now we are aware of that as physicians. We know how to treat it, and there's been no further complications or problems from that. So a few or a handful of complications or deaths versus over 600,000 deaths from the virus in the United States alone. My friends, there is no comparison. It is more safe and effective to take the vaccine. So this has been a long and difficult season. I have felt the mental fatigue connected to this COVID-19 virus, but I do see a pathway to end it. And I believe that the pathway is the vaccine. And I, as a physician, I would not put my own family at risk unless I believed that. Less than 12 year olds now are um, anticipated to be approved midwinter. And I have a nine year old daughter who I will have get vaccinated when it becomes available. And I make that decision based on the information that I have and the information that continues to come out. I have no ulterior motives to this. I have no financial gain from this. And I didn't just drink the physician Kool-Aid. I didn't. I, I've looked into this. And I want to convey to you my support of the vaccine. But with that being said, do what you feel is best for you and your family. But be informed. So I am happy to answer or even research any question that you may have regarding this virus or the vaccine. If you have those, please go to pushbackculture.org and just leave me a message. Remember, we do this in honor and, and I will respond to you in honor because I care about your questions and your concerns.
So let's talk about this. Let's have a discussion because that creates healthy culture. And that's what this podcast is all about. So I appreciate you once again, allowing me to put my medical hat on and and talk about this important vaccine. Uh, Hopefully in my lifetime and my children's lifetime, we'll never have to talk about this again. This has been such a weird and unprecedented time. But as we go through this together, it's important that we are able to communicate and discuss these big cultural issues together. So let's go together now to set and shape the culture.